Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Find Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. Isaiah the 6th chapter. We're talking about, still, about surviving the end times. One of the things that's been a concern of mine over the last several years is that believers survive the end times. That we not only survive, but we, we thrive. Amen? And uh, I believe we can. You know, I realize that all kinds of negativity and, you know, pardon the word, puke, <laughs> is going on in our world. That's a great word to use for lunch, right? Uh, yeah, all that's going on, but God's got something better for us. Amen. You know, sometimes I think about, you know, sometimes we think about how bad things are in our world and in America, and, and, and they are, they are. But I think, you know, the Apostle Paul had some pretty tough government to deal with. Uh, we don't have anything like what he had to deal with. And, and the Bible says that uh, all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Amen. And, and I was just preaching on this Wednesday night about, you know, watching out for offense and how Paul said everybody forsook him. Everybody. And he said, I pray that it not be laid to their charge. And literally, I didn't go to this scripture Wednesday night, but it came to my mind uh, this morning is that, you know, the Bible says that he preached and the whole of Asia heard the word of the Lord. He had many disciples in Asia. The whole area, one man, well, he had his team with him, but that one man and his team, the whole area of Asia heard the word of the Lord. But then later on, he said, all they that be in Asia are turned from me. All of them. They all left me. But that's not going to be us in these last days. Amen. We're not turning from God, right? We're not turning from our church. We're not turning from our pastor. We're not turning. We're going to stick with the things of God. Amen. All right. Amen. Now, so we're just talking about surviving the end time. So find Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to talk about something a little different this morning. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. <clears throat> this is Isaiah. He said, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw, the, I saw also the Lord... Uh, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. His train filled the temple. Now, Pastor Chuck taught in this one time, so uh, he taught about how the train of a king represented uh, their glory, right? Uh, their victories, their majesty. So the more victories they had, the more power they had, the bigger the train got. God's train so big it fills the temple. Hallelujah. Isaiah's seeing this, see. He's seeing this. And it says that uh, above it, verse 2, stood the seraphims, those angelic creatures. Each, had, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. One cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. 
the whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. I mean, he's having an encounter. He's seeing the glory of the Lord, right? This is awesome. And verse 5, when he saw all this, he said, then said, it, then said I, woe is me. Well, how many know when you see God in his fullness, you see some things you need to correct? Isn't that right? You know, it's not like God is going around showing you everything that's wrong with you. He's, he, how many know, thank God he sees us through the blood of Jesus. If he didn't, we'd be in trouble. But yet we can see things that need to change. Right? And that's, that's not bad as long as you're not condemning yourself. You know what I'm saying? Not, 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 you know, you have, to, you have to understand that when you look into God's Word, someone said this one time, and, and, and I don't think this is, this is the accurate way to think about it. Someone said, when you look into the Word of God, you see your old ugly self. Well, there is an element of truth about that, but the Word of God wasn't written about your or my ugly self. It's, it's the glory of the Lord. See? And when you behold the glory, you see your shortcomings in the natural. Now, in the spirit, you don't have any. I didn't get many amens on that. But when you read the Bible, God's perfected us in the spirit realm through the blood of Jesus. He's given us His righteousness. Not ours, but His. So Isaiah's in this place. He's seen the glory of the Lord and he says, Woe is me, for I am undone. <laughs> because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. What caused him to see that? For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now I, I find this, I'm going to read a couple more verses there I think. Uh, uh, but I find this interesting that when Isaiah saw the glory of the Lord, uh, he didn't talk about how he had missed God in certain areas. He didn't say, you know, I, I need to walk in more love. You know, I need to, I, I, woe is me, I need to pray more. Woe is me, I need to go to church more. Woe is me, I need to give more. He said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. I've got a problem with my talking. Isn't that interesting that what he saw was my mouth is messed up. My mouth's messed up. Wow, I find that interesting. Then verse 6 says, one of the seraphims, uh, th then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken with tongues from off the altar. I mean, now we need something from the altar, Hallelujah. right? And he said, this, lo, Excuse me. And he laid it on my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. Your sin is purged. See, what happened here? Well, he needed to get his, he needed to get his lips cleansed. Hallelujah. He needed to get his lips cleansed. See, uh, Isaiah evidently had gotten caught up in the talk of his day. Now, let me know, it's real easy. Right now, look, look at Romans. Let me go there. Let's go there. I think we probably better read this scripture. Romans chapter 3. Go there. 
uh, I think we probably need to read this and kind of set it up what we want to talk about. Romans chapter 3, go there. Romans, the third chapter. Paul describes uh, people, uh, you know, that without God, without God in their life. And in Romans chapter 3, he's talking about those that have a, don't know God. And he said in verse 14, their throat is an open sepulcher. Have you know what a, a sepulcher is? It's no word for a tomb, grave. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Now that is a description of our society today. Mouths are full of deceit, cursing, bitterness. Amen? Poison, right? I mean, such, such vitriol today that comes out of people's mouths. And evidently, Isaiah got caught up in that. How I many you know it's easy to get caught up in that? Right? And he said, woe is me. I'm undone. I'm unclean. And one of the, one of the things... <laughs> Well, this is either going to be a really good message or a bust, but we'll find out. <laughs> One of the things that is happening we got to watch out for, we talked about how we have to watch it. We, don't let your peace be stolen. Right, right. right? We talked about don't enter into the offense the world's in. Right. Now we need to talk about don't enter into the talk the world's into. Right. Don't go there. Right. James said, if any man doesn't bridle his tongue, his religion is vain. It's useless. Right? In other words, if you get caught up in what the world's caught up in, nobody's going to pay any attention to you as a believer any longer. Your witness for Jesus is gone. Now, how many know? Has anybody had to repent over things you've said? Did anybody have to repent over things you said yesterday? Does anybody think you may have to before the day's over? <laughs> so I'm not preaching to you that we've arrived yet, but we have to watch it. We don't enter into the world's way of talking about anything. God, what does the Bible say to do to your enemies? Kick them. Spit on them. Do good to them, right? Pray for them. Bless them. Don't you just love that scripture? <laughs> Thank God for honesty. For the tape, somebody said no. <laughs> well, right, you don't have that on. Nobody has that tape to their refrigerator. Nobody has, through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom of God taped to their refrigerator. Acts 14, 22. Now we have taped to our refrigerator. My God supplies all my need. By His stripes I'm healed. I'm His beloved and He is mine. We don't have go your way and sin no more. <laughs> we don't tape those up. I've got those in my head, Pastor. I don't need to tape those up. 
Well, let me understand. See, what, what, what's the situation here? Well, Isaiah evidently had gotten caught up in all the talk of the day. And when he saw God, he realized, my mouth is a problem. And that angel took that hot coal from the fire and touched his lips and said, this, is pur this has purged you. This has taken your iniquity away. See, that, that's where his problem was. And I, I'm, I'm going to show you scripture in just a minute. I don't want to jump ahead here, but, but I'm going to show you that if you get a hold of this area of your life, you, no, no, other areas of your life aren't going to give you much problem at all. Right. You get this. Right. Amen? Right. See, you know, Mother's Day is coming up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for mothers. Uh, and one of the scriptures is often... You know, talked about on Mother's Day is Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman, right? I mean, you know, and one of the things it says about her, it says, uh, out of her mouth flows wisdom, the law of kindness is on her tongue. See, we ought to have wisdom flow out of our mouths and the law of kindness on our tongue. Does that mean we never correct anything? We never, you know, we never speak truth? No, no. It, th there's a huge difference in the way you speak truth, right? Speaking the truth in love. John the Baptist spoke some truth, didn't he? <laughs> Jesus spoke some truth, didn't he? Right? I mean, he said, you know, you guys are a bunch of whitewashed tombs, you vipers and snakes and so forth. But he didn't do it in a mean spirit. Amen. We have to understand that God gave us a tongue for the purpose of glorifying him and speaking his word. That's what our, that's what, that's what, see, that's what God made us to do. He made us, you know, we, he didn't have to make us to be able to talk. How many wish sometime he had? Right? You know what I mean? We're the only, you know, and I know parrots talk, but they just parrot. Amen. I've told you the story about that parrot. Pastor Mike gave me this joke years ago about this parrot in this pet store. Remember that one? How many never heard it? I'm going to tell it <laughs> just for Renee, if nobody else. Because I like it. Amen. This guy's walking around this pet store with his wife, you know. And he goes up by this parrot. This parrot says, says to the guy, you got the ugliest wife I've ever seen. So he goes, he tells the owner. The owner opens the cage door and just smacks the bird around Feathers go flying. He says, don't you ever say that again. And so the guy's walking around the pet store with his wife. He goes by that parrot again. That parrot goes, you got the ugliest wife I ever seen. So he tells the owner again. The owner opens the door, smacks the parrot around. Feathers go flying, you know. Don't you ever say that again. So the guy walks around the store a little bit, goes back by that bird again. And that bird looks at him and goes, you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that dumb bird just repeating what he heard. But God made us where we can choose our words, right? He made us like, like, like uh, you've heard before, speaking spirits. He made us like him so that we can speak. What does he want us to speak? He wants us to speak our destinies. He wants us to speak his word. Amen. See, I, I said this 
in the teaching years ago on angels, you know, when you start speaking right, your life starts straightening out because of the work of angels. Angels listen to your words. Didn't that angel say to Daniel, I've come because of your words? Isn't that right? He said, I come because you were. He didn't say, I come because God sent me. Now, that would be true, but that's not what initiated this whole thing. He's talking about what initiated. He said, I have come because of your words, because you spoke the right words. I came. Amen. Well, I mean, the Bible tells us angels hearken to the voice of God's word. Right? So we have to speak in line. Amen. I think it's really interesting that when the disciples were born again, in the book of Acts, well, actually, the, the 12 disciples got born again to the end of the book of John when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, did they receive the Holy Spirit? Well, they were born again then, see. But then later on, he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until you've been due with power from on high. So he was simply saying there's another work here. You, you were born again by the Spirit, but there's power from on high. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? Now, you say, well, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and Pastor, I can't tell I got any more power. Well, you did. I didn't say you were using it. I didn't say it was active, but you got it. You just got to learn how to flow in it. Amen. Amen. And so when the disciples were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, the first thing the Holy Spirit did was grab a hold of their tongue. Isn't that something? They start speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's one good thing about praying in tongues. <clears throat> It cuts your intellect out. See, I was reading that one day. I was reading through Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians 14. And it says, you know, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, his understanding's unfruitful. Well, I got to thinking about that. Well, everything you do, you do it with some kind of understanding. You may not realize it, but you, you, you learned, right? You, you, you know, you learned how to button your shirt. Right? You know, you first started out, you know, you missed, you didn't have it. You miss some rows. You learn how to do things. You get understand. You understand how to get home. Isn't that right? We, we don't have to take any of you home because I know how to get here, but I don't know how to get back. <laughs> no. You got some understanding. Well, I hope we don't have to take anybody back because you don't know how to get back. Well, I mean, you got some understanding, right? Everything you do, you can't do anything without understanding. And when it says, when you pray in the Spirit, you don't use your understanding. I thought about that one day. I thought, whoa, wait a minute here. If I'm not using my understanding, then I must be using somebody else's understanding. Because you can't do anything without understanding. I must be using God's understanding. Right? See, the, if any man speaking in a tongue, his spirit, the Amphite Bible says, by the Holy Spirit within him prays. So I got to thinking about that. Wait a minute. I Listen. God wants me to pray in English for sure. You know, I'm, I speak English. Well, kind of. Sometimes I hear my, myself and I think, well, I don't speak it that well, but, you know, you understand me. But my point is, is God, when I, when I pray in the tongues, I'm using God's understanding. That's as good as you can get. Woo, hallelujah. I don't know why we wouldn't want to do that more often. Amen. Get, let him give you utterance. Amen. And so, anyway, let's go over to the book of James chapter 2. I think that's where we want to go next. You, come on, are you getting something this morning? Excuse me, James chapter 3. Go there, James chapter 3. Because I want to show you that, you know, we have to get a hold of our tongues in these last days and don't just enter in 
to the speech that the world, you know, uses. And I'm not talking about cuss words, certainly not cuss words, right? Isn't that right? Anybody give up cussing? Yeah. How many know the reason you should give up cussing is because having a God doesn't damn anything. He's the blesser, right? And we like that preacher, you know, he went to buy that lawnmower, you know. There's a lawnmower on the side of the road, you know, push mower for sale. So this preacher stops in there to buy it, you know. And there's like a teenage boy comes out. He says, how much you want for that? The boy says, $75. He said, well, it looks pretty good. He said, oh, yeah, it's a good mower. He said, you mind if I start? No, go right ahead. He's the guy, the preacher pulled and pulled and pulled, wouldn't start. He said, well, the thing won't start. He said, well, I forgot to tell you, you got to cuss it a little bit. And the preacher said, well, I, I gave that up a long time ago, Sonny. He said, just keep pulling on that mower. You'll, it'll come back to you. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible calls that unclean speech, right? That's right. See, you know, so we don't let those things. And, and how many you know, there, there's worse things than that, be honest with you. They're talking out of line with the word of God. It's even worse. None of it's good, but sometimes, you know, somebody comes in and they say a curse word, everybody, oh my gosh, you know, but then they speak unbelief and everybody's okay with it. Well, not everybody, I'm not. I hope you're not either. Now, I don't jump on them and correct them. You know, how I many know you got to have enough sense to know when it's your turn to talk and when it's not? It ain't always your turn to talk. You all get that? You got to have some spiritual discernment about just should I say anything? Sometimes it's not it's not your turn. Just shut up. Mm, there's been times I wanted to bark so bad. <laughs> now, but I'm hearing the Holy Ghost says, shh, 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 ain't your turn. It's not your turn. Don't cast your pearls before swine. What does that mean? It means there's a time. To give the good things of God out, there's a time not to. There's a time to have some discernment about you. Right? And really, I'm not talking about before unbelievers. I'm talking about sometimes for Christians. You can't give them the deep things of God. Because they'll turn up and rend you with them. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Sometimes you can discern. Sometimes you can discern. People are open. They'll receive this, you know. And sometimes the Holy Ghost will just have you say things because he wants to plant a seed in their life. You know, they'll get to thinking about it. It's like a guy, this is with a sinner. A guy said, he said, this guy asked me to go witness to this guy wasn't saved. He said, he's staying in this hotel in town. And he said, would you go down there, you know, and see him? He said, yeah, I'll do that. So he went down there and he said, you know, I think he went to the front desk and asked him, you know, is... For the guy, you know, ask him to come down. Call him, ask him to come down. The guy come down, and he said, "Well, my name is so and so." And he said, "Your friend sent me to talk to you." He said, "He said, well, that's that's fine." He said, "I had a New Testament in my pocket, and I pulled it out, opened it to the Book of Romans, and said, "If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus," he said, "I've no more said that than the guy stood up and said, "Well, thank you for coming. I've got to go.'" <laughs> this guy said, "I left and thought, well, that didn't go anywhere." He said, a year later, I saw that guy in a meeting. And the guy came up to me. He said, you know, when you came to me and said that, he said, I want to apologize to you for being rude. 
I wouldn't even let you talk. You just got that out. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. He said, and he said, man, he said, I, I got up and walked out on you. He said, after, after I went back to my room, I got to think to myself, well, I've never done that. I've never confessed Jesus as Lord. He said, I knelt down in my bed and confessed Jesus as Lord. And he said, something happened to me. Well, he just got one sentence out. Sometimes that's all you got to get out. Amen. Amen. All right, now you and James, yes. chapter 3, go there. James chapter 3. Find, uh, well, let's just start verse 1. My brethren, this is the King James, a little, little, uh, I'll kind of interpolate some of this. My brethren, be not many masters or teachers, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, or that word condemnation, it doesn't mean today what it might have meant then. It means judgment, see. Those of us that teach, we're going to have a stricter judgment because we're instructing people. He says, For any, in many things we offend all, or we all offend, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, able also to bridle what? The what? The whole body. So he said, if you can get a hold of your tongue, you can control your whole body. Isn't that something? If you can harness the power to control what you say, you'll have power to control anything in your life. Well, thank you for your enthusiasm and great concern. Notice he said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. We turn about their whole body. I mean, that horse is an awesome creature, isn't it? But, you know, just that little bit, man, makes him obey. And the ships, which are, though they're so, be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they're turned about with a very small helm or rudder wherever the governor or the captain desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter a, li a little fire kindles. Now that word matter there is the word for forest. In other words, it just takes just a little spark to set the whole forest on fire. He's saying that's the way your tongue is, see. The tongue, verse 6, is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body, and it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. That's a little bit hard to understand, but what he's saying is this. Your tongue sets on fire your natural life by hell. You can, you can set hell on fire in your life by your tongue. Isn't that right? How many of you can cause some real hell in your marriage before the day's over by your tongue? Because you didn't say the right things. Right? What's the right things? Yes, ma'am. What do you say, ma'am? Where do you want to eat, ma'am? What do you want me to do, ma'am? I'll get the dishes, ma'am. I'll take the trash out, ma'am. It's like Pastor John Osteen said one time, he said, I told Jody, Dodie, I run things around my, our house. I run things. I run the vacuum cleaner, the dishwasher, the washing machine. Let <laughs> me know that you, you can burn your life down with your tongue. In different ways. I mean, just like I talk about marriage, you can destroy your marriage with your tongue. You know, I had to tell a couple one time in the church, I said, you can't talk to one another like that and stay married. 
I mean, they were just vilely talking to one another in my office. I had like, whoa, Nellie, we got to stop this right now. I mean, hey, you, you can't talk that way and stay married. You can't do that. Yeah, but I, I just say, you know, a lady told me in this church one time, she didn't come to church any longer, and maybe this is why. Um, she said, I just say what's on my mind. I said, well, the Bible's got a word for it. It's called fool. <laughs> no, I wasn't being mean. The Bible says the fool vents all that he thinks. That's Proverbs. You don't say everything you think. Yeah, I win them right and left sometimes when I counsel them. You know what I'm talking about. But I try to be nice about it. But anyway, you know. Look at this. Verse 7. Every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things in the sea is tamed. And it's been tamed to mankind. You know, we tame animals, right? We tame Right? All kinds of animals have been tamed. He said, but the tongue no man can tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, he didn't say it couldn't be tamed. He said manpower can't do it. It takes God power. Now, how do we tame our tongue? How many know Jesus taught us how to do it, right? He said, out of the abundance of the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. So if you want to change what your mouth speaks, you've got to put, change what's in your heart. You've got to put God's Word in your heart. Why is it I feel convicted if I talk bad about somebody? Because I know the Bible tells me not to speak evil about people. So it's taming my tongue. So sometimes I have to repent. I know you all do too. Because this is a work in progress, isn't it? We're still working on it. I don't know about you. I'm better than I was. I'm better than I was 10 years ago. I'm better than I was 5 years ago. I'm better than I was a year ago. I'm going to get better. Right? Amen. And he went on to say, look, he said, uh, uh, therewith, verse 9, we bless God, even the Father. And therewith curse we men, which are made out of the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. It shouldn't be that way. We should use our mouth for blessing. Amen? Do you know you can bring cursing on your life by your mouth? David cursed the mountains of Gilboa. You know when Saul died there? He said, he cursed the mountains of Gilboa. Let there be no dew nor rain nor offering on you. And you go, you go to Israel, you go to the mountains of Gilboa. I haven't gone there, but I've seen the pictures. But you go to Gilboa today, and it's barren still. David put a curse on it. It's still there. You look at the other mountain on the other side, and it's fruitful. It's green. The, uh, the mountain beside it, Gilboa, is, it's, it's just barren. A few, few sprouts sticking up, but it's barren. Because David put a curse on it. A pastor, he said, <clears throat> listen, I want to I preface this with saying that not all sickness is because of sin. You get that? People get attacked by the devil. He come to kill, steal, and destroy. But how I many of you could open the door for the devil by sin? Jesus healed people and said, sin no more unless the worst thing come on you. I mean... But this pastor, he said, I had a lady in my church, and she was dying of cancer, final stages. And he said, she called and said, I would like, Pastor, for you and the elders of the church to come to my house and pray for me. He said, okay, we'll do that. So he said, we went over to her house to pray for her, and and she said, Pastor, before you pray, the Lord has showed me I've got to repent. She said, okay. She said, I've spoken evil about you. 
and all the elders in this church. And the Lord showed me I've sowed cancer in His body and I've reaped cancer in my body. Isn't that powerful? And they prayed for her and she was healed. But she had to repent first for sowing cancer. Amen. You hear people say, well, if I was the pastor, I'd do it this way. Well, no, you wouldn't. If you were the pastor, you'd do it the same way the pastor did it because you'd be the pastor. Did that make any sense? <laughs> you know, if I was you, I'd do it this way. Well, no, you wouldn't. You'd do it the way I did it because you'd be me. All the things that made me do it that way to make you do it that way because you'd be me. Amen. Now, we have, to, we have to understand that we can speak cursing on our life. People speak death over their life. Death and life's in the power of the tongue, isn't it? Right? The Bible says they were destroyed of the destroyer because they murmured and complained. Well, I told you what the Lord said to me one time. I'll never forget it. You know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not like, I don't, I don't like murmur and complain about people or things like that. I'm, I don't do that. I'm just not geared that way. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty, pretty merciful, pretty forgiving, even though you might not think so. I am. Aren't I, honey? I'm real merciful. I'm just, well, if she thinks like that's all that matters. I live with her. I don't live with you. But anyway, you know. But just little piddly things. You know how we have little piddly life things? You know, the toothpaste tube fell off the, you know, you're in a hurry and everything falls off the bathroom vanity and he's like, Argh. you kick it, you know. You know, am I the only guy that ever does anything like that? You get mad at the tool and throw it, you stupid idiot. And it's like, you're, the idiot's the one that's using it. That's why it's not working. Right? Tools don't get up and do things on their own. You know, just little things like, and I was having one of those days, you know, where I was, you know, nothing, nothing seemed to be flowing right. You know what I mean? The, you know, you go to grab something and knock three things over, and man, I'm just murmuring, complaining, and the Lord spoke to me in the midst. He said, you know who you sound like? Now, I thought he was going to say my dad. But he didn't. He said, you sound like the children of Israel in the wilderness. I thought, I've pushed this as far as I better. Because <laughs> they all died out there. <laughs> I don't want to die in the bathroom. <laughs> Pastor died in the bathroom. Didn't make it out because of his mouth. God said, if you've spoken in my ear, so have I done unto you. No, man, I, I realize that God's, you know, he, he's not pleased with this. And I started working on that, like when things got little things frustrating me. Not not people. People normally don't frustrate me. I'm not. I'm just not wired. But little things frustrate me, right? Little things. Um, but God, when He said that to me, I realized, and I thought about, you know what? God's been so good to me. He's He's blessed me and favored me and been so good to me. And here I am, murmuring and complaining because a few little stupid things aren't going right. That's just like the Israelite. He parts the Red Sea, and you complain. He gives you manna from heaven. And did you know they called that, the King James says, they, they said, we loathe this light bread. Well, I like everything in my bread too. But, 
<laughs> Some of you didn't understand that, but anyway, right. Uh, but the New King James says they said this worthless bread. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, something God gave you from heaven and you called it worthless. Man, you wouldn't even be alive today. You'd be a greasy spot. If I was God, I'd have killed you then. <laughs> Told Gabriel, I can't find him. What happened to him? I, I thought you were supposed to be keeping up with these people. I think it was Michael who's over Israel. Michael the archangel. All right. So let, let's go to one last scripture. Get anything today? Let's go to one last scripture. Let me see which one we want to go to. I've got more than one, but let's, let's pick one. Uh, let's, let's go to... Uh, Let's go to, uh, oh, Lord, where do we want to go? i tell you what. Let, let's go to 1 Peter, and let's close there. Did you know the Bible says that, uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, the Bible tells us that, that you can grieve the Holy Spirit, that corrupt communication, corrupt talk, grieves the Holy Spirit? Well, isn't He the power of God? Well, won't that cut the power off in your life? See? If we don't talk right, what do we mean talk right? Well, you just all aspects of talking right. Not, to, not, not you know, uh, talking evil and speaking evil of people. Not uh, speaking unbelief out your mouth. Amen. All right, 1 Peter chapter 3, go there. <coughs> How many love this sermon? Wow. Thank you. I feel better about it now. Praise God. First Peter chapter, I'm still preaching it, but anyway, it's just good to feel better about it. First Peter chapter 3. Look with me at verse. We all need, and that's exactly right. We all need it, right? We all have, you have to be reminded of this. Because about the time you think you got, it's like Brother Hagin said, about the time you think you got it, you find your feet where your head were. Or your head where your feet were. First Peter chapter 3. Look with me at verse 8. Finally, be you all of one mind, have compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful or compassionate. Be courteous. Hey, that goes a long way. Be courteous. That'll get you a lot of favor, right? Uh, not rendering evil for evil. In other words, they do say, say something bad about you, you say something bad back. Or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing knowing that you are thereunto called so that you should inherit a blessing. Isn't that something? If you're going to inherit a blessing, you've got to be a blesser. For he that will love life. How many want to love life? How many want to see good days? Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile or deceit. God said, if you want to have a good life, talk right. Talk right. James let us know that this is, it takes the power of God to do that. You can't just, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad today. Amen. I'm making a New Year's resolution. I ain't talking about bad about anybody this year. In like 20 seconds into the New Year, you said something. Oh, my gosh. How many know it takes God's power, doesn't it? It takes God's power. It takes His ability. You got to depend on Him. The psalmist said it this way. He said, uh, I'll read it to you. You don't have to go there, but I'll read it to you just so I get it, get it right. But the psalmist said this, and I love the way he said this. 
he said, uh, set, this is David, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Psalm 141.3. The word watch there means a military guard. It's going to take a whole army to keep your mouth shut. Special forces. Navy SEALs. Marines are coming. The Marines have landed. And they're coming for your mouth. Remember... I remember World War II, you know, what they said back then, you know. Just loose lips will sink a ship. That's why your sink your ship gets sunk, your loose lips. I want to see good days. You have to remind yourself of that, you know, it's like is this worth it? You know, is it worth it for me to say my piece? Is it worth it for me to, or should I just keep my peace? There's a time, there's a time, there's a time to say your peace, but everything we believers do, we speak the truth in love. Amen. How many know God uh, sometimes gets on us, right? He has to correct us. But why does He do it? Because He loves us. Amen. He loves us. Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke. I think, Lord, I went through a period where he loved me a lot. I think I was his favorite. Praise God. <laughs> Man, it's like, boy, Jesus, you sure do love me. <laughs> and you know what? But why would, he, why would he do that? He'd do that because he wants you to have a blessed life right now. Right? Amen. He wants your life blessed today. Amen. Thank God for his word. Isaiah said it. Isaiah said it. Lord, I'm a man undone of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Amen. I need my mouth touched. I need my mouth touched. I need to watch what I say about people. Don't get caught up in this vomit of the world. Right? When somebody vomits, what do you do? You get out of the way. You move. Maybe I should tell Dr. Barclay's story. Has he ever told Chubby Chubby here? Uh, has he ever told that here? Never heard that one? Oh, when he was growing up, he had a friend, a friend, and his name was Chubby Chubby. I don't think that was his real name, but that's what they call him, Chubby Chubby. Figure it out. All right, so he said, you know, one day, you know, we, all of us, me and Chubby Chubby and my other friends, we went to the, to the fair, you know. And, of course, you know that you eat everything known to mankind. Elephant ears, corn dogs, tenderloins. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Why is the food at the fair so good? It's the grease they cook it in. Oh. At that point, it's your friend. Amen. And so he said, we've eaten all this stuff, the cotton candy, all that stuff. And he said... We get on the tilt-a-whirl, you know, and old Chubby Chubby's looking green. <laughs> so he said, we go from the tilt-a-whirl to the, you know, we kind of tame it down again and get on the Ferris wheel. 
He said, you know, Chubby Chubby is up there, one of the friends, and Dr. Barclay and one of his friends are down below. And he said, all of a sudden, we hear these noises. Uh, 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 chubby Chubby. <laughs> he said, all of a sudden, I yelled at my friend, Duck! But sure enough, Chubby Chubby cut loose. Hit all the people on the ground, you know. Time for lunch, everybody. Praise the Lord. But the point is, there's, there's really a spiritual point in all that. When people are puking, get out of the way. Just get out of the way. And don't you be the puker, amen? You keep, you keep sweet about things, right? Amen. I know sometimes, you know, that uh, we, have to, we have to work and work and work on it. Especially, you know what I'm saying? Some, some people live with people that are just hard to live with. But God's power can help you. Amen. Let's all stand up. Praise God. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.